This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Hello, welcome to the Radio Times podcast. This is Jane Garvey and with me is the TV critic Rihanna Dillon. And this week we've got everything that's hot and some stuff that's not, but might have been. I mean, at least one thing on paper looked like it was going to be brilliant, didn't it? Yeah, stop trying to <laughs> avoid blame for us having to watch it this week. I am to blame for one of the items that turned out not to be terribly good in the end. Rihanna, what have we got this week? We have got The Unforgivable. We have David Baddiel, Social Media, Anger and Us, a documentary all about, as you can imagine, social media. And Welcome to Earth, starring Will Smith being the new David Attenborough, I think. If you like David Attenborough, you probably will also like this, but there's a, it's fresh, isn't it? It's just a little fresh bit... Fresh Prince. He, he is the Fresh Prince. That was what was on my mind. <laughs> also, I got the opportunity recently to talk to the legend Julie Walters, and she is the voice of Granny in Channel 4's Christmas Day animation, The Abominable Snow Baby. When I talked to Julie, the conversation turned to her memories of Christmas when she was growing up. We tried to raise our own turkey one year, I remember that. But my mother couldn't kill it in the end. So it just oh. stayed as a kind of... stayed as a, like a, a watchdog in the garden for about four years. And, and it used to stand at the end of the garden and when the milkman came in or any visitors came in, it would stand at the end of the garden, like at the beginning of a runway, scratch its feet, you know, ready, and then run to the end of the garden. This couldn't really fly very well with its wings in the air and attack the milkman. That is absolutely amazing. You weren't expecting that, were no, you? No, I wasn't. And out of everybody, I think Julie Walters is the person I'm most envious of that you got to interview her. She is a great, great actor, actually. But also, she's just one of those people who lights up a room and brings pleasure to people, I think. Yes. And that's why everybody loves her. And also, I just love the idea of a watch turkey. Watch dogs, really overrated, (laughs) ten a penny, who hasn't got one? But a watch turkey... It's a great one. Uh, Rihanna is doing this podcast in a Christmas jumper, which I just want to bring to life for everybody who (laughs) doesn't have the pleasure of being in the same room as Rihanna. Um, It's red and it has across the front in white lettering, (laughs) Christmas jumper. Well, I'm nothing if not literal. It's growing on me. Okay, um, what have you been up to this week? Any more? Show- I can't believe you've had more showbiz encounters. Um, I have. I 
was on stage earlier this week with Olivia Coleman and David Thewlis. Talking about landscapers. Yes, which yeah. was brilliant, actually. It was a really fun night. We talked about landscapers last week. It's on Sky Atlantic. Watch it. I just inhaled all four episodes. Brilliant. It's so it's so wacky and so bizarre, and it was really fun to delve into the the kind of background into making it, which was also really weird and bizarre. And I also had another interview with my mate Jay Z this week for the Harder They Fall, which is still on Netflix. How's he keeping? He's all right, you know. He's in a, he's in um, back in America, I think, by the looks of his palm tree backdrop. <laughs> so, what was his backdrop? Just it was um, it was a piano. In the in the foreground and then in the background, I think was blue skies and palm trees. But yes, yeah, so it must have been his music making room. Oh. There's a piano or Beyonce's room. I don't know. Yeah. Could have been in Cleethorpes. You've it's got so, no idea. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it, that you through this year you suddenly have a glimpse into people's living rooms who you never thought that you'd see inside their houses. I've had a difficult week at home. My cat has destroyed two of my vases. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know if anybody has any cat care tips. The email address is podcast at radiotimes.com. My cat Dora just doesn't like flowers in vases, so she will attack them, tip them over, and she smashed two vases this week. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. Stop getting so many flowers. Stop being so popular. <laughs> this is it. Flowers come tumbling <laughs> through my front door. Right, I think we all know I'm starting to make things up. Let's get to this week's reviews. Um, we're beginning with Welcome to Earth. It's on Disney Plus tonight, uh, 8th of December, everybody. And here's a clip from the trailer. I asked the best modern-day explorers, take me to the ends of the Earth. And they said, oh, we can go further than that. Three, two, one. Let's see what's out there. Wow! Oh my God. The hell is it? There's water. <laughs> we think we know our planet, but there's still a secret world to be discovered. If you go to the right place with the right guide, you just might find a portal into it. Is it Disney Plus's attempt to do Attenborough, but with a contemporary twist. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it is. I mean, all these sorts of documentaries are always really popular. Look at Professor Brian Cox, you know, and his following. Everybody loves a bit of Earth time, I think. Yeah. But when it's Will Smith at the helm, you're sort of expecting something a little bit different. And he does bring a lot of corny dad jokes to his narration. Do you think he does a bit too much of that? I felt at times it was a bit I think a little bit his personality was almost slightly starting to overshadow the, the, the explorers whose worlds he's inhabiting. The thing is, he does such a good job of being an action hero in all of his films that I sort of forget that's not a real job, being an action hero. He's actually an actor who's quite scared of water, as we found out. So seeing him descend to the depths of the ocean in this incredible bubble that is normally reserved for like the likes of, of well, I suppose James Cameron. He does he did a lot of that with the Titanic. It he was so anxious, wasn't he? You could see him genuinely. Well, as, quite as anybody sensible would be, to be honest, I think plunging into the depths of the ocean is weirdly just just as frightening as going right up into space, isn't yes. it? He brings to the foreground some of the work of these explorers that we w- won't have heard of. I mean, I hadn't heard no. of them. No. And that's good. And that's rather different from the traditional natural world kind of docs we've been used to. Yes. And he's not always with them either. So sometimes we'll leave him wherever he is, whatever he's doing, and go off and be with another explorer who's doing something across the other side of the world, which I I think is brilliant because it is shining a light on all of these true life action heroes. They must have spent... A very big fortune. Yes. On this, I well, think. it's produced by Darren Aronofsky, who is a 
hugely famous director who did Black Swan, um, recently Mother with Jennifer Lawrence, which wasn't so well received. Um, <laughs> you'd hate it. Don't ever watch Mother. Okay, I won't. You'd absolutely hate it. But I do. I, it crosses generations. I think. I was going to ask. Do you actually think that families could and will sit down and watch this together? Yes, I do. I think students will really enjoy this. I think children will love this, mm. and people who are fans of Will Smith. I mean, he Will Smith is everywhere right now you know he's just released his autobiography which is i think far more revealing than anyone really needed it to be have you read it i've i've read enough articles about it that i That's feel not like the I've same read it. as having read it let's <laughs> say i'm your teacher and i've asked you directly i've done the spark notes i haven't read the book okay fair enough. <laughs> what, what is the big reveal in his book oh it's just loads of loads and loads of sexual experiences that i've now feel very intimately connected with him in a way that I wasn't before and I didn't think I needed to be really Okay, thank you for that Will um, I wasn't going to buy it but uh, I wonder now what, uh, what with Christmas coming up um, Britain does feature in this, of course we should say this is a, a, a wide ranging documentary series about the whole world but I saw an episode in which we see a diver going into the English channel or what the French stubbornly call something else <laughs> and um, she, they discover these astonishing Astonishingly beautiful, and I'm going to have to try very hard to pronounce this, anemone. And they are wonderfully coloured bits of rock life. Mm -hmm. And they look like little sweets. They are <laughs> the most gorgeous range of colours and they're all clustered together. And th this particular episode was about speed or lack of it mm -hmm. in the natural world. And you look at it and you look at the anemone and they don't seem to be moving. But then it, the film explained very carefully that they are moving. They're in constant movement. It's just very, very slow. I love that. I know. I thought We're that was... so used to life moving incredibly fast. Yeah, but the natural world moves at its own pace. That's gorgeous. And there's nothing we can do about it. And I thought that was really quite exquisite, actually. Yes. It's a big thumbs up for this one, isn't it? I loved it. I want to keep watching it. I want to keep learning. And also just having Will Smith head it up. He's so affable and always a pleasure to watch. And a demon lover, by all accounts. <laughs> so just put that to the back of your mind and sit with the family and watch Welcome to Earth on Disney Plus from tonight. David Bedeal, Social Media, Anger and Us. This is on BBC Two and the iPlayer next Monday, the 13th of December at 9pm. And here's your clip. I am addicted to social media. Uh, I am addicted mainly to Twitter. You know, it is both a terrible thing and an amazing thing. It is a way of communicating across space and time in a way that humanity have never had before. And occasionally it feels like this is incredible and brilliant. But one thing that I can empirically tell you is the case is that if you're on social media a lot, you will see a lot of conflict, a lot of shouting, a lot of rage, a lot of conviction that one side is right and the other side is wrong. You just see that on social media. You see a very high raising of the temperature of discourse. David Bedeal uh, telling us about what he feels about the state of social media and how it makes us feel. And he is right about at least one thing in this programme, that the level of anger on social media has, well, it's hard to see how it can ratchet up anymore, yeah. but maybe it will, which is a truly terrifying thought. Did you enjoy, did you learn anything from this documentary? Well, they do go back to almost like the beginning of the internet, or at least the beginning of message boards and the beginning yeah. of when people could message each other. And they ha and uh, I learned that they had to take that down. The very, very first attempt. Yes, yeah. the very first attempt at social media they had to take down because it became flooded with abusive messages and fart jokes, which I thought actually was quite entertaining. 
Um, tells you almost everything, everything you need, you need to, to know. know. Exactly. Um, so it's interesting that you, we sort of think this is a new development, the way that people speak to each other, or that we've decided that this is a new way of talking. But actually, that's always been there. Well, it's I mean, always been innate. It wasn't that long ago that people would make some sandwiches and take their kids off to watch a public hanging. Yeah. So I guess, why are we surprised? Yes. It's absolutely true. Um, Badil has an MRI in the programme, which made me laugh a little bit because everyone and their dog is having an MRI for a documentary these days. Actually, that's true. That's become one of the great... You're absolutely right. <laughs> that's become one of the great televisual clichés. Yes. Stop having MRIs. The thing is, they want to show the scientific impact of what happens when you are on the receiving end of these abusive messages. And you do. You see it light up his brain for the fight, fight or flight kind of whatever that is function that your brain has um so that you know it was interesting but yes i am slightly over that conceit i don't know if i learned anything new but it was quite interesting i suppose to have it all in one place and to hear different perspectives so for example athena kuglenu talks about cancel culture i think she's actually had a program on radio 4 about cancel culture and she says that if you accept that people said racist or abusive things when they were younger you're saying that it's okay for young people to be racist and abusive. I thought that she made a good point. And I, I think where I began to ask myself a few questions about what I thought about all this was when David Bedeal took ownership, to be fair to him, mm. of what he used to do on fantasy football. Yes. When he used to do blackface yes. and impersonate a footballer called Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that because he had a very distinctive hairstyle. And Bedeal used to absolutely rip the yeah. out of him. Week in, week out. Mm -hmm. He now says he shouldn't have done it and he's sorry. Mm. But he seems slightly surprised that people keep bringing it up. Yes. I'm not sure he should be that surprised. No, and he says that he's happy to keep on apologising in whatever form that takes. But equally... You know, he is on the receiving end of a lot of anti-Semitic comments. Which is awful. All the time, which is horrendous. And so it's like he's suddenly sort of seeing it from that perspective to understand that what he did all those years ago was so wrong. I mean, I thought Sally Hughes was interesting. Oh, God, that really shocked me. Now, yeah, I knew about this only because I'd interviewed Sally Hughes. Sally Hughes is a, a beauty writer and a, she writes across a range of subjects, actually, for, for newspapers. She'd just been on the receiving end of vile treatment from a yeah. group of women who take it upon themselves to just try to bring her down continually. It was so Why? Get awful. another hobby. Oh, God, it was so awful. I remember whenever anyone was horrible to me, my mum would always say, oh, they're just jealous. And, you know, as you're, when you're younger, you're just Your like... Your mum oh, was right. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's not true. As you get older, you realise actually so much of it is about yeah. jealousy for yeah. whatever reason, a jealousy and attention. And so because when you hear women trying to take other women like Sally Hughes down, who is so non-offensive and really lovely, and I really enjoy reading her articles, it just feels... She's not putting herself out there in the same way that, for example, a comedian might and be like, right, come at me. That's not what Sally Hughes is doing. They're just coming at her because what? They just want attention and they're jealous. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. It really is hard to see any other interpretation of why you go for Sally Hughes. I'm I'm just utterly baffled. Not that you should actually go for anyone. No, of course not. But it just, I think that's something that I wasn't aware of. And that I did find really shocking and upsetting that there are women out there who exist only to tear down other women. One of the worst bits of it for me, and by worst I mean the bit that really got me thinking about my own social media Mm. use, was when David tried to give up Twitter. I think he took himself for two weeks. And he was a lot happier, um, but also he could not wait to get back on it. Mm -hmm. 
and we had a very unusual broadband outage <laughs> in my neck of the woods yesterday for a very long period of time. How, how long is a long period of time? It, well, it went off at 11 o'clock and it came back on in the middle of the night, actually. Oh. So this is, a, you know, lots of phone calls from... A good I'm, 12 hours. I'm going to say quite an entitled part of West London. <laughs> And I think BT were on the receiving end of a few calls yesterday, mm. let's put it that way. Um, and I was utterly bereft. Really? But this is pathetic <laughs> and worrying. And he knows himself, David knows himself that he, he gets a real high from the attention he gets on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sort of almost, I mean, I think it's true, he sort of enjoys some of the battles he fights on yes. social media. So what does that say about any of us? And I'm guilty as charged of also getting an occasional high from a much-liked tweet. But I'm old enough, and as is David, to remember a life without any of this. Mm. And I have to tell you, Rihanna, it was a it was a happier and easier place. I'm sure it was. And I sometimes yearn to be back there. Mm-hmm. Are we recommending this or not, then? David Baddiel, Social Media, Anger and Us. It's on BBC Two and iPlayer next Monday, 13th of December at 9 o'clock. Are you recommending it? Yeah, I think so. I think people, it's interesting to watch. I think it does lend itself to a bit of self-reflection, which is good for all of us. Self-reflection. Yes, indeed. Highly recommended from the wearer of the Christmas jumper, (laughs) Rihanna Dillon. Now, let's make a quick trip to Correspondence Corner. Um, What have we got in? Oh, we have an email from somebody who, which I love, watched a programme by accident. They watched Stephen Merchant's The Outlaws, which we reviewed a while ago. But they were actually looking for the David Mitchell series, Outsiders, but they got muddled, which is absolutely understandable. This is Deborah, isn't it? Come on, Deborah, sort yourself out. (laughs) Um, She says, we generally watch period cosy crime, so The Outlaws was a bit of a stretch for us. It's not necessarily period, but I would say cosy crime fits the bill, actually. Um, But Deborah says they devoured all six episodes in two evenings and thoroughly enjoyed it. The construction was masterful, the characters were fascinating and it gave them a lot to think about as well as some laugh out loud moments and they're very glad they watched it. Deborah, that's really lovely. Yeah. I really enjoyed The Outlaws and I'm still, I still haven't finished it because I find so much comfort in watching it. I don't want to kind of just have it on in the background. I want to treat myself to it every so often. I understand that feeling. And so I I watched like maybe episode four or five the other day and it had Richard E. Grant turned up very briefly as, yeah, yeah, slightly evil, rich father. Um, I'm enjoying these little moments that I get with There's going to be another series, isn't there? We know that already. Fantastic. I am there. Okay, well, you are there. Have you got anything else you'd recommend for Deborah of that? type is there anything my daughter keeps telling me to watch made on netflix have you oh, seen that i haven't that? seen made but it's supposed to be excellent yeah i think i might start that this weekend or maybe it's something i could watch while i'm wrapping presents it's got that kind of feel about <laughs> it nick wiggins um this is a tweet about this is about the conversation we have with satnam sangera mm. um about his channel four doc which you can still see on all four this is empire state of mind and this was a, an interview that i did actually but really you you felt very rightly and understandably emotional about all that yeah yeah, yeah. anyway nick says a great podcast and a heartfelt review the honesty really came through it was a highlight of my listening week despite being in Canada and unable to watch most of it. Oh, Nick. (laughs) Thanks, though, Nick. He says, thank you, Rihanna, and maybe even Jane. That's fair enough. um, Nick, come come to Britain, where the television is so much better. (laughs) 
And Andrea says, I love this podcast. It's my new fave. Well, thank you, Andrea. Aww. Also, I met somebody last night who's a doctor, Claire, who likes this podcast. So, Claire, if you're listening and a doctor is listening. A doctor listens. That's, I mean, that's everything. You know, that is everything to me. So, um, yeah, you, people are gradually finding out about this podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, podcast at radiotimes.com if you want to send us an email. We're also on the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter and Insta at Radio Times. Coming up, we've got The Unforgivable with Sandra Bullock on Netflix. But first, we've got a family Christmas treat, which I know you were very keen on. Yeah, this is something the whole family can gather together for (laughs) and enjoy. Uh, You probably will be well past wanting to speak to any relatives by the time this is broadcast, (laughs) which is at 7.30 on Channel 4 on Christmas Day evening. It is The Abominable Snow Baby on Channel 4 on Christmas Day at half past seven. And this is an animation of a Terry Pratchett short story. It's got a very sweet message at its heart. And you'll hear me talking to the voice of the granny in the animation, Dame Julie Walters, right after you've heard this clip. And Albert was well away from the town hall when suddenly he heard something. Hello, Albert, dear. I was just coming to see how you were. Oh, me too. Are you okay? Never better. But brimstone and treacle. I haven't seen weather like this since I went to Siberia on my honeymoon. Okay, Julie, um, the abominable snow baby. Yes. uh, In which you play, I'm reliably informed, Albert Scruggins' granny. Is that correct? That's right. Yes, 98 years old. So is it a happy story? Is it a, a nice heart warmer for Christmas? You know, it's definitely a heart warmer. It's about community and friendship and love and all the things that, that we've kind of missed in many ways over the last nearly two years. It's, it's yeah, very uplifting. OK, so from what I do understand, into this village comes this alien creature... And yes. people are people are slow to accept it. Is is that a fair up sum? Yes, people are slow to accept because it's different, and so they're frightened. You know, but actually, it's a really. But it's only Granny notices that actually, no, he's a baby, and he's really sweet. He needs help, sort of thing. So, um, so it's about that. It's about inclusivity, of course, as well, and 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 all of that. Yeah, yeah. So she, how... she makes friends. Right. A good. So she's a good character. You're not playing a bad Granny. Oh, no. She's a very, very good character. Right. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, and how how do you play a 98-year-old? I mean, just in voice terms, where, where do you go with that? Well, I've played ancient people since I was in my 20s. I don't know why I'm just sort of attracted to them. I always think it's because I was brought up with my, my grandmother, who was a bit doolally tap, and so had a massive influence on, on us as children. Um, and so I think some of it is trying to solve the conundrum of my grandmother as a child, when I was a child. Um, but I, I'm, so I'm fascinated by old people. Of course, I am one now, so <laughs> it's different. But um, it isn't that different. I love the, the, the way that people, their shape changes and, of course, their voice and everything about them changes. In terms of voice, I, I, I'm a bit of an impersonator, I suppose, and, and I notice how, you know, the voice, old people's voices, they're obviously their vocal cords become thin, 
or something, and they age just like everything else. But what's lovely about Granny is that, yes, she was 98, but she's absolutely <laughs> full of, you know, energy and, and, and goodness and love. You know, she's just fantastic. I hope I'm like that at 98. If I ever get there, I doubt it. Well, I'm sure you will are. be. Um, well, and Thank do- you. When you're doing the work, do you do it alongside the animation? Do you look at images of the character you're playing? How does all that pan out? Well, they sent me a photo of what she would look like. I mean, it hadn't been animated at that point. Because they usually... When I've done animations before, you've often been filmed while you're doing the lines. And then they can... So the animator can see how your face changes and how your muscles and your neck change or what you do with your hands and your shoulders. And so... But obviously, this was during the pandemic. So we we weren't in a studio. I did it from home, as I am now. Um, so, uh, So I just saw a picture of her. And the rest of it was in the writing. And uh, and so then, but I loved it because they've added little bits and pieces because of the way I, I did the voice, you know, and what I, I have to sing in it, for instance. So I sang this song and I noticed they showed me the animation of it and, and I added this little flourish at the end and they put that in physically. It's such a thrill to see that. <laughs> I wow. I didn't, I actually had no idea they did it that way. And are you in any way in, in physical contact with the other humans who are, who are voices in this animation or do you never meet? No, we, nev- we never meet. So um, somebody might read the other person's lines or you just do your lines. I like people to read them so you've got something to respond to. Yeah. But, um, and, and in this instance, of course, because of the pandemic, I was doing it at home. The director was in Rome and the producer was in London and then I think the engineer was in Plymouth. I mean, it was just extraordinary. <laughs> And here's me in West Sussex. You mentioned um, your grandmother. Was she? Have you any memory of her at Christmas? Did she? Did she do Christmas? I don't have any memory of her, of her at Christmas. Really, she would have disrupted it probably. <laughs> I think I remember once we were all there, there was some kind of ballet on on television, and she she was nobody was watching. We were all doing something else, and there was Grandma going, "May the great." God, look to me, looking because it was someone like Rudolf Nureyev in yeah, tights, yeah. and she thought he had nothing on. Right. And she was right. absolutely, but she couldn't stop watching, of course. <laughs> no, and she was absolutely <laughs> outraged, but couldn't take her eyes off it. So, um, was, yes, was yes. Christmas a big thing in the in the in the household, or was it something? It was just a question of getting through it. Oh no, we loved it. We always had a tree and things like that, and, and a turkey and. We tried to raise our own turkey one year, I remember that. But my mother couldn't kill it in the end. So it just stayed as a kind of, stayed as like a a watchdog in the garden for about four years. And and it used to stand at the end of the garden and when the milkman came in or any visitors came in, it would stand at the end of the garden, like at the beginning of a runway, scratch its feet, you know, ready, and then run to the end of the garden. This couldn't really fly very well with his wings in the air and attack the milkman but and eventually then my brother came in wearing the turkey on his head with the um with the claws its claws stuck in its head so it had to go then after that right okay did did it have a name by that stage no i think it was turkey was the name right turkey <laughs> yeah it's rather yes. imaginative Yes, no, very imaginative. Last Christmas was different for all of us, and we don't actually know as we talk what this year's going to be like. No. What was what was last year like? Was it bearable for you? Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely, it was lovely. 
just it's the same old things, really. Eating late and then just eating, basically, yes, eating and lying, <laughs> falling asleep on the sofa and watching whatever's on the television, unless I'm in it. Wait, you mean you wouldn't watch it if you were in it or you would watch it if you were in it? No, I wouldn't. No, no, I doubt. No, no, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't want to watch that. It's like a busman's holiday. Yeah. Have you always been that way then? No, I've watched my... Uh, well, to begin with, I didn't like seeing my... Th- oh, my God, I look dreadful from that. Oh, my God, I'm really round-shouldered. Oh, my God, I'm this, I'm that and the other. But I'm, I'm used to it now and I didn't hate it. Every, I think most people do. I didn't like the sound of my voice. I didn't like the way I looked from the back, from the side, the, all the ways you don't see yourself and you're never photographed. You, you do see yourself in film. And so... I didn't, but I've got used to that now. And I don't mind sometimes thinking, oh, I'm going to watch this just to see what I was like. Oh, my God, usually I'm disappointed. But sometimes I think, oh, no, that worked OK. No, OK. In a sense, Christmas is about, it's about a degree of suffering, isn't it? And that basically means being at home um, and, <laughs> and, and putting up with stuff. I guess I don't feel I've suffered hugely at Christmas. I can remember my mother throwing my my Christmas annual on the fire when I was little. So there's probably more there's probably more tension at home when I was little than there is has been in my grown up life. I don't know what I'd done. No, clearly you'd done something. What annual was it, by the way? It was but Judy or Bunty or was it something like that? I think it was Rupert. So it's quite early. Rupert. Rupert oh, Bear. that's mm. that's a very sad memory, Julie. Oh, blimey. Okay. <laughs> um, you've got a small holding, have you, where you've got your own turkeys? We've got a farm, yeah. Right, it's okay. Bigger than a small holding, yeah. Right, okay. So, do you yeah. kill your? I know your mum couldn't kill your turkey, but do you kill yours? She used to kill the chickens, but my husband does. Does he? Yeah. Lord, okay. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's, he's, is he your... he's an animal lover, so he'll be very careful with them. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, listen. I eat turkey, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not yeah. I'm not complaining about it. Um, thank you for giving us the time. It's lovely. Thank to you very talk much. To you. I love Dame Julie Walters. <laughs> uh, she is the voice of the granny in the abominable Snow Baby. What did you think? I mean, it's a very sweet animation for very small children, I think. Um, I'm surprised this is on in the evening, 7.30 in the evening and not 7.30 in the morning. It feels much more appropriate for little kids who are just getting up. Yes, I think what well, it's not, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, it's not a very... 21st century animation, is it? I suppose we're so used to Disney and, you know, perfect, almost true-to-life animation that this feels so old-fashioned in a way, which, again, there's something quite endearing about that and quite traditional. It's gentle and it won't alarm anybody. And it's not... It hasn't got all that busyness and frenetic stuff that goes on in so much contemporary animation. I like the messaging behind it, which is, you know, don't just be afraid of strangers and you know it's quite a pertinent one it is a very pertinent one which is basically a stranger comes to town and he's a big chap and you've got one of two ways of reacting really you can be unpleasant Uh or you can be like dame julie walter's granny (laughs) and just be nice and kind and welcoming yeah Right, we've nailed down that Dame Julie Walters is one of the voices. Who else is in this? It's narrated by David Harewood, who has got a beautiful voice and a beautiful narration. Really, Again, everything about this is very sweet and uh, gentle, and I think it's maybe a perfect antidote for the excitement on Christmas. But again, I don't think it's one for the whole family. Uh, you're a Marvel person, aren't you? You love all that stuff. I am a Marvel, thank you. This, yeah, this is a very, very British 
little animation. Yes. And I, I liked it for that. It's very traditional and old-fashioned and, yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have that sort of perfect, shiny, everything looks as realistic as possible kind of an- Disney animation. It's not that. It is hand-drawn and looks very sweet, as I said. I just don't think there's another word to describe this apart from sweet and right, gentle well, and it. inoffensive. Okay, well, it's sweet, gentle and inoffensive. <laughs> so you found two other words to describe it. It's the Abominable Snow Baby, Channel 4, Christmas Day at half past seven. Now, um, on the face of it, when I saw who was in The Unforgivable, which is a Netflix film coming your way on the 10th of December, I thought it had to be brilliant. It's got Sandra Bullock and Viola Davis. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, everything. Here's a clip. Does your release alter the terms of your no-contact order? You don't have to give me a speech. I'm looking for Katie. She's my little sister. I raised her. Okay, next time, don't drag me through three bus transfers to tell me something you already know. John, there's a woman in the front yard. Can I help you with something? You're a lawyer? What would Catherine gain by meeting her now? I wonder all the time what she looks like, what she became. Your life starts here now, not 20 years ago. (coughs) She did her time. She killed somebody in cold blood. That last voice there is Viola Davis, who is in this film, but not as much as we might like. Fleetingly. So, yeah, Sandra Bullock plays um, Ruth Slater, a woman just getting out of prison for something which is considered the worst crime ever in America, I think. And she wants to restart her life, but she also wants to find her little sister. She killed a policeman, hadn't she? She killed a policeman, yes, a cop. Yeah, so her little sister was adopted after Ruth was arrested. And Sandra Bullock is, is always good, I think, but... She's she's not allowed to do a huge amount in this, apart from look scowly and morose and generally just cross. Yes, she, she's not wearing a great deal of makeup, which is something that you can do when you've... Well, well, it's what Netflix does to people who supposedly have been in prison for, for 20 years. For 20 years, yes. Yeah. Haggard is the word. Yeah. And well, I mean, haggard by... Sandra Bullock standards well, yes. is, is how she looks. <laughs> the problem with this is that it's just not very good. Uh, it has that made-for-TV yes. movie feel. B-movie. Yes. And it's so weird. But when with you... great stars. Yes, this is what I can't quite get my head around. I mean, Viola Davis is so wasted. I don't mean drunk. I mean, that she, you know, she is barely in the film. She's has about three scenes. That feels like incredibly bizarre casting from my perspective. There will be some people who are thinking, oh, that plot rings a bell. And there's a reason for that, isn't there? Yes, this is actually a Sally Wainwright drama, an ITV drama from 2009 starring Saran Jones. So it was actually made for TV, <laughs> this story. Um, Sally Wainwright, of course, from Happy Valley yeah, and Gentleman Jack. Brilliant. And I think in that, at least you have sort of three, four hours or something to really get into the, uh, the story and the plot makes a lot more sense and it doesn't have to sort of squeeze in all of these twists and turns which feel just really shoehorned in. Is there any way the average British listener could see that series? Well, Jane, funny you ask. So you can find Unforgiven on Prime Video and also Apple TV. Um, So search for Unforgiven, not the Unforgivable. Okay, there we are then. So it's available. And would you recommend that over this? Yes, I absolutely would. I just I feel like this is trying to do something that has a been done before and has and is doing it with sort of zero interest or humour or nothing really comes through in terms of entertainment value. It's just a very kind of dour programme that I think, you know, you might 
you might flick on and you might quite enjoy it. But if you even scratch the surface of it, you'll find so many plot holes and sort of weird choices yeah. that it becomes um, almost unwatchable. I'm afraid to say this is... I, I really was looking forward to this and it's a very miserable 5 out of 10 for me, I'm afraid. Sorry to everybody involved. Um, it's The Unforgivable with Viola Davis-ish, because she's oddly in it, and Sandra Bullock <laughs> wearing no makeup. Um, it's on Netflix, available from the 10th of December. But as Rihanna points out so astutely, a better British version of this story is already out there and available. Now, isn't it time for that quiz? Yes, my favourite quiz. Okay, so you've got to figure out which year I'm talking about with the clues that I'm going to give you. Yeah, I am familiar with the rules now. Well, people, new listeners might not be. Yeah, absolutely. This is for them, not for you. Oh, sorry, it's always (laughs) all about me. You're quite right. Easy Falco won the Emmy Award for lead actress in a drama series for her performance as Carmela Soprano in The Sopranos in this year. So here's a clip of Edie as Carmela in The Sopranos. Dr. Krakauer? Hi, yes. Thanks for calling me back. I was referred by a Dr. Jennifer Melfi. Yes, I would. Anytime that's good for you. That's great. That's fine. Grove Avenue, right. Okay. I gotta go. Bye-bye. Who was that? The uh, paving guy I'm thinking of having the driveway redone. You smoking? What is this, a third degree? No. She sounds a bit angry. She normal, like that. Normal conversations there in The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely people. <laughs> Must have them over on Boxing Day. I think this next one is a massive clue. The Bond film, The World Is Not Enough, came out in November of this year and it's the 19th in the James Bond series and the third to star Pierce Brosnan. So, were you a Pierce Brosnan fan? Well, in Mamma Mia, yes. <laughs> really? Legend. Out of everything. Wonderful voice. <laughs> so here's a clip of Pierce Brosnan playing Bond. Now, Q was played at this point by Desmond Llewellyn, who was a brilliant Q. I oh, loved I liked him. him. And yeah. this was his last film starring as Q. And you'll also recognise Q's assistant, who is played by none other than John Cleese. And you might be, this is 007. If you're Q, does that make him R? Ah, yes, the legendary 007 wit. Or at least half of it. Now, I dare say, 007, that you've met your match with this machine. Yeah, new model, improved specs. I thought you were on the inactive roster, some kind of injury. Yes, well, we'll see about that. So... As I was saying, the very latest in intercepts and countermeasures, Titanium armour, a multitasking heads-up display, and six beverage cup holders. All in all, rather stocked. When would you need six beverages <laughs> when you're driving away from bad guys? Uh, well, especially as they'd rattle all over. I mean, the what drinks is it, a would, limo? Yeah, well, the drinks would be <laughs> sloshing all over the floor, wouldn't they? It's just nonsense. <laughs> Have you got an idea yet, or do you need another clue? You haven't. Was this Piers, do you say Piers Brosnan's last outing as James Bond? Third. That doesn't help, because Daniel Craig seems to have been James Bond for 150 years. So the first episode of Loose Women was broadcast in this year on ITV. Let's have a listen. Today on Loose Women, Miss Kay Adams. Miss Nadia Sawala. Miss Jane Moore. Karen Brady. That's today's Loose Women Lineup. Karen Brady, off of The Apprentice. Miss Karen Brady. It's so weird that they're 
all miss. I think, yes, that was very specific, wasn't it? Uh, I think some of them are, are. Jane Moore's still doing it, isn't she? Kay Adams is still doing it. Is Nadia it. still doing it? I, I, I love Nadia. Did you used to watch Loose Women religiously? I can honestly say I've never seen it all the way through. No, me neither. It's like saying I've never eaten a whole one. Uh, but I have <laughs> watched little bits over the years. You never very, inhaled. <laughs> it's very enlightening indeed. Yes. Um, so in October of this year, Westlife's Flying Without Wings reached number one in the UK charts, no, which I think you must have been a no, part I did of. You must have that. helped no. make it reach number one. No, uh, but I can probably still hum it. Okay, um, is it time to guess? It is time to this guess. Is really thrilling this week because I, I'm almost certain to miss it by about a year, which <laughs> yes, is what happens. It's your thing. Uh, but the... 2011. Oh my god! What? You're like 12 years off. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. My excuse for is I had my first child in 1999. I don't think I was focusing. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll let I'm, you off. I'm really sorry. I do feel like, yeah, having a baby will trump all of this uh, it's sort knowledge. Of, it, got to say, even though I love telly, it kind of did, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Rihanna, for totally humiliating me in the quiz of the week. I really enjoyed that. It's been one of my favourites so far. <laughs> um, so if this has evoked any memories of your own, the things that you were watching or not watching or not listening to, in Jane's case, then... <laughs> Do please email the show, podcast at radiotimes.com or on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, we are just at Radio Times. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you want a breakdown of the listings of the programmes we've talked about, then make sure you look at the episode notes wherever you get your podcast. The Radio Times podcast is produced by... Something else. For... Immediate Media. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. It wouldn't be Christmas without Radio Times.